What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of The Transition, a show aimed at demystifying the entrepreneur experience for those of you looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs team. In the following episode, I sat down with Zephyrine Hansen, founder of Hamden Farms, a suburban farming project offering sustainable farming solutions and small batch artisanal products made from organic ingredients, lovingly grown, and consciously sourced. Zephyrine is an Air Force veteran where she served as a public affairs and medical photographer stationed in Germany and Texas. After medical retirement from the Air Force in 2004, Zephyrine shifted to freelance photography and returned to college for communications. With the resounding support of her partner, the Hansons packed up and moved to Denver, Colorado in 2016, where she embraced a calmer, holistic lifestyle. With the help of the veteran community, Zephyrine and her family began bootstrapping their farming operation, launching Hampton Farms, and building a sustainable business to support the local community. Zephyrine opens up about discovering her passion for farming and using it as an outlet for healing and mental health. She also shares insight into the founding of her company, the challenges caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, and how she's rallied her family around the business. This is an uplifting and nourishing episode that you don't want to miss. I hope you enjoy Zephyrine's story as much as I do, and that this episode helps accelerate you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Welcome to the show, Zephyrine. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Hey, y'all, for our listeners, man, y'all missed it, man. We've been chopping it up for like 30 minutes. We just, once we got on, we start talking, get two veterans on here. We just start chopping it up. We had a good time. Lots of things to talk about. We want to fix the world, Mike, okay? Yeah, but I'm, I'm excited for you because I think your story and especially the business that you're in is like super exciting for me because I don't know much about it and uh, you're going to enlighten us. So uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Hello, I'm Zephyrine Hansen. I'm owner and founder of Hampton Farms. We are a suburban farm company and we focus on solutions and sustainability for small and medium scale farms. How did you get into farming? <laughs> I needed to take a break from my life and I felt like just being in the dirt and being outside would be helpful. And I was fortunate enough to meet some veterans who were also working on healing and mental health. And they were like, you should try farming. And I was like, not sure about it. And it, there is a veterans to farmers program right here in Denver, Colorado, where I now live. And I joined that program. Uh, as soon as I walked onto the farm, the farm, it, it's hosted at uh, Chatfield Farms. And as soon as I walked on there, I was like, this is home. And I have been there since 2017. And I continue to learn more about farming, but I'm a serial entrepreneur. So not only did I find healing there and did I learn about farming, but, you know, I literally saw profits in those fields and that there was a way for them to minimize waste, maximize profits and pay for programming that many of them are passionate about. But we have to be honest, if it can't be funded, then those programs don't happen. Where are you from originally? California. And did Southern. you did you do any farming out there? No farming. I was just interested. Uh, I Where I grew up used to be a lot of farmland and I found that fascinating, but it definitely wasn't where I thought I'd be at any point in my life. I'm a photographer and that's my first love. 
then journalism will be my second. And I put them together throughout different parts of my career, military and civilian. So I did not see farming being a part of that. But of course, now um, my feed is filled with farm images and, you know, little short stories about what my family is doing and how we're growing this business. That's amazing because I always thought people that got into farming, like they grew up with it or something, you know, that they grew up like on a farm with ch- cows and mm-hmm. chickens and all this kind of stuff. But you're like, man, you just learned. <laughs> I, just learned. I I think a lot of people get into farming because they want to be out in nature. Uh, they also want to be self-sufficient. That was the part of farming that really, I see farming to me as like a second service. Being active duty, you're on a small little a city and you have every single thing you need. You really don't have to leave the base um, or there, you know, there's bases that are large enough for that. And that's how I saw farming. I am, you know, able to take care of myself mentally, physically, my family, a way to uh, have a business. So it, it just aligned with my life and wish I wish I had known about it sooner. I like that you talk about the mental health piece because, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of flow state people get into when they're working on stuff that matters mm-hmm. to them and just kind of find that peace of mind. And uh, we had another uh, veteran on here I interviewed uh, from O.D. Greens. His name's Don. And he started a company built around that, you know, uh, farming. It's I forgot what it's called, where it's like he basically grows plants and stuff in his basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, microgreens. Are yeah, they little, micro, yeah, microgreens. Mm-hmm. Microgreens and stuff, and uh, but using it as a way to help veterans dealing with PTSD and other issues just to mm-hmm. kind of find some some peace of mind. And it and that's why I love the Veterans to Farmers program. Like they taught us hands-on about farming. We got to go on farm tours and meet different farmers. But then we also got to talk about the therapeutic part where some people have horses and, you know, we would horse ride. And I, I got to see veterans be vulnerable in a place where they normally wouldn't get to be, you know, there is, there is everybody in the military, men, women, black, brown, and to see like six, three Marines hold a horse and cry, let that stuff go. And we all, you know, walk away and we hold space and nobody says anything, you know, like, that's beautiful. You get to see that healing. And it's just, it's no different when you have a group of farmers who are here from the beginning of the season to the end, and you watch them get to see that growth. You get to see them harvest. You get to see them re-engage in community in a, in a safe space. Because for me, while I had been out, I think almost 10 years before I came to this program, there was never a program that I feel like introduce me back into society, like ease me back in. And, you know, one day I had a uniform and the next day I didn't. And they were like, figure it out. And that took a long time. And by going through farming, you get to do a little bit of everything. You work at a farm stand. So you do a little bit of customer service. You know, you're doing manual labor. Um, You get to walk around this farm. So there is. I just think farming is a great way to introduce anyone, but specifically veterans, back into civilian society in a way that still gives them purpose and helps them use their hands and body in a way that we're used to. We're just used to moving every day. So yeah, sorry about that, Mike. I'm getting my plane ticket. You may <laughs> <come up. laughs> Yo, I'm coming to Denver. I want to fall, man. I'm, listen, that is my plan. My, my goal is 
to expand the program here uh, because they have supported me in doing that. You know, I have learned about herbalism, just even learning how to make a little salve to help yourself. Um, or if you get a little irritation, being able to spray a little bit of vinegar in your house. Like these are these are self-sufficient things that we as humans used to know. And I just think that that helps me and it helps the veterans and it also helps the farms. Like many farms need work and it's a good trade. You know, I'm happy to harvest lavender and turn it into product and also feel better at the end of it. Well, as I'm excited to get just go a little bit deeper in this, because I think um, I mean, you're just going to provide so much value to our audience. And especially as you open up more about this farming and sustainability and even the stuff you're doing with your family, you know, building out your little you know, family collective, you mm-hmm. know, before we, y'all, y'all missed the the best part <laughs> before we hit record. Cause we were getting into it and we were talking about equity and business and owning your intellectual property and all kind of stuff. Uh, but, uh, that's for another, that's for another <laughs> show. We'll put that on another podcast, but, uh, Zafran, you should do me a favor. All right. Uh, you mentioned being vulnerable. All mm-hmm. right. And I know you describe yourself as a serial entrepreneur. You have a beautiful family. Mm-hmm. You've got this farming business you launch. But one of the things we like to do on this show is we like to take off our armor for the audience. You know, let them know something we're struggling with as a small business owner, either personally or professionally, so that uh, we can let our listeners know that, hey, everybody's going through stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you right now, today, there was a early freeze in Denver, Colorado. So every farmer, every gardener uh, have been, has been harvesting and try to preserve and cover their crops. And even though I know the season has to end, this was hard. Like physically it was hard, emotionally it was hard. And I had to rely on my farm community and I had to be honest and say like, I am struggling. And they and they poured right back into me. You know, I was able to harvest with little tears kind of streaming down as I was saying goodbye to the last flowers, last lavender. But that has, um, I feel absolutely called to the profession of being an agripreneur, yet it is very similar to me of being active duty military and, and knowing that you're going to get up and do hard work every day and that people may not even thank you for it, but the work still needs to be done and that you're called to that. So I will say that is a struggle for me uh, because I believe I could take my skill sets and, you know, work in another industry uh, and probably make more money and have a quote easier life, yet I'm called to this. So I have to work on my mental health in order to stay where I'm called. What do you do to, to, to calm, to keep that mental health? Meditation. Uh, I love meditation apps, but sometimes I just set a timer for 10 minutes and, and listen to a song and the song can vary. Like, uh, you know, I grew up in the church, so I love to hear gospel music. Um, but also, you know, I love to hear music that you work out to and, you know, and pop it to like, that's also a, that's a part of like letting that energy out. And so, uh, I do quiet, I do loud music. It's what in that moment that helps journaling is I'd have to say my number one journaling, just, free thoughts and getting that stuff, purging those, you know, sometimes negative or unprocessed feelings out. Listen, I feel you. <laughs> I work out at five 30 in the morning and most mornings I got to play Bill Withers lovely day just to get out of bed, <laughs> get out of bed right? get that energy going. 
pour right. into yourself. Like that's a, you know, I read a lot or actually I listen to a lot of books on uh, Audible or Scribd or, you know, or maybe that's Scribd, but I listen because you have to rewrite these negative thoughts you have in your mind, whether it's because of an experience and then now you're, now you've decided to agree with that experience and hold on to that negative. Uh, so I try to give myself new experiences or, you know, but a good example of that is being a photographer. I saw a lot of things that were hard to process and I stepped away from photography for a while. Well, now, thanks to technology, you know, my phone is better than any equipment that the Air Force ever bought me is, is now all in one phone. And so sometimes I just shoot. I give myself a quick assignment, like old school, 12 exposures. You get 12 exposures today, make them count. And put myself back into um, kind of limit myself because you can shoot as much as you want now, right? And so then even that's a process. And then coming home and just taking a little bit of time and processing it. You can do all this on your phone, but like being creative in ways, um, combining, combining new technology with old technology of how I used to be creative. So. Well, I appreciate you for sharing. Mm-hmm. And before we keep going into your story, mm-hmm. I want to go ahead and give a shout out to what's bringing us here today. Which is Bunker Labs, a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to helping the military connected community start their own business. We're committed to seeing that every entrepreneur in the military connected community has the network tools and resources they need to start their own business. 25% of transition and service members want to start a business and they need places inside their community where they can connect with the people, resources, and support they need. You can learn more by visiting www.bunkerlabs.org. Be sure to also sign up for Bunker Online, our social network for the military connected community, where Bunker Lab staff helps make connections to increase your opportunities. Register today at www.bunkeronline.org. We just got done doing a workshop series within Bunker Labs, too. Uh, it was a, it was a, a African-American workshop series. It was super dope and fun. And uh, you learned a lot during that process, correct? I learned so much. Not only did I learn so much, but it was just another community where I instantly felt seen and heard and supported and encouraged. I mean, that was, I learned a lot, but when you feel supported and people are making a way so you can get through, you know, that, that changes because you can learn and not have a way to implement your strategies. Like it is, you know, we, you and I talked about this. We both read a lot of books and we're very passionate about growing our businesses, but do we always have the opportunity to do the things that we've learned? And so I felt like they really did a good job of making space to let us have those conversations, um, to have resources, to do more um, work after. And you also were a participant in the uh, Veterans and Residents. I was. That was a great program for me, uh, mostly because I, you know, Prior to COVID, we already homeschooled uh, 10-year-old twins and 12-year-old son, and I needed space to get my business started. And so um, my cohort, used to, they used to tease me because I moved a whole office in there. I put an adjustable desk in there. I had a little cup. She was growing chickens. Up. <laughs> I, had, chickens. Mm-hmm, I moved all, I had lavender in there. You know, I had all, I had really, you know, moved into the office, but 
that space helped me meet with other people who could, who were like-minded in growing businesses also who were so much further ahead of me that they could ask me these really hard questions. Now, even though it was a good experience, it was uncomfortable because one, you have people who are further along in their business and people who know what they're doing and are being successful, they have only a little bit of time to share their knowledge with you. And, and so you have to get comfortable with that. Um, and they may ask you a lot of questions where you feel attacked. No, they're just trying to get to how they could possibly help you and connect you. So even that was a good training period for me. Uh, you know, I could, I had not been in the workforce working collaboratively as much. And so that allowed me to just learn and sharpen my skills and, you know, also talk to my friends who had been in, who had been in corporate for a while and, and they could, you know, translate for me. So that's what that program was really good. And it just emphasizes what we keep talking about is this community feeling, having people you can be around that you can relate with, that you can be vulnerable with, that will uplift you on those times where you just feel like crying. Yes. There was tears. There, I'm not gonna, I tell people, listen, I wear waterproof makeup when I go out in these streets because um, there were days I cried. And actually the uh, African-American cohort, entrepreneur cohort, cohort uh, the person who facilitated Renee, the day she called me about it, I was sitting in my bathroom crying because I couldn't figure out my next steps where I saw this huge opportunity and I didn't know what to do. So I got to talk a lot about the opportunities in farming that I have in that group. And so, um, you know, and, and not every, I didn't get to do everything I wanted, but that's the beauty. There's an emphasis, at least in the entrepreneur groups that I've experienced that stem from Bunker Labs of learning from the fails just as much as the wins, if not more. Absolutely. You know, what, what can you learn? Um, you know, what did I learn in this season of farming? What would I do differently in my collaboration with Denver Botanic Gardens? How can they support me? How can I support them? I didn't even know these questions to ask. Like I had literally had no idea uh, how to have a strategic partnership. Although I knew that my partnership with them was important, but I didn't know how to utilize that. And so those those experiences, those opportunities within, you know, uh, the Bunker Lab ecosystem, I've definitely appreciated. Mm. So let's go into your entrepreneur journey. You describe mm -hmm. yourself as a serial entrepreneur. Take us back to how you became an entrepreneur, you know, from your time in the Air Force to now. Um, well, I have been an entrepreneur since I was 14. I always babysat <laughs> and, uh, you know, watched houses, any, anything to be able to buy the things I wanted as a teenager. And that led me to even joining the Air Force. I, I wanted to be a photographer and journalist before I joined, but I didn't know how to get a job there. And I didn't, I didn't have the next steps and I didn't really think that I was ready for college. Uh, I might've been, but you know, the air force had a good deal. And so I took that deal and continued to be an entrepreneur while I was in the air force. I, you know, photographed 
little small, uh, you know, E1 to E1 weddings, you know, that's a little bit of money and, you know, some photo shoots for new babies. Those were like my first, you know, entrepreneurial jobs. And then once I got out of the military, I continued to stay in photography, but it took me a while to figure out that just because that's your passion doesn't mean you need to make money at it. And I had that, that was some time, that was some time to figure out that I was going to have to find something else to do. And so I, like I hopped around, I did some, some second shooting and uh, my sister has done some events and I, you know, worked with her a little bit, but what really came to me was the farming, uh, during this, during this time of, I got out of the military. Then we have, my husband and I have children, our kids have eczema. And so I made a lotion for them just out of like, I'm a do it yourself type person. And throughout this 10 years, even though I never really sold it, I gifted it. And people always would say, Oh, you should do this. And I was like, "Mm." and when I put that together with the farming, that's when things started clicking for me that when I could take farm products and put them together with a small batch product, um, I like just business ideas just fired. Cause there, there, there's so many things, right? There's so many businesses in between farming and creating a value added product. And so like every part of my serial entrepreneurness can happen in farming. I love tech. You need tech in farming, uh, storytelling. Here we are right now. Storytelling. I mean, there is nothing that farming hasn't connected me to. Um, I initially, when I started farming, I wasn't, you know, in the groups I was in, I was the only black woman. And so I am glad that there was allies in the group. And I said, listen, this is uncomfortable for it to always be me. And they were like, let me introduce you to some people. Right. (laughs) And, and so I appreciate that. That opened my ability to meet more people and to also then see what these other farmers were doing in business. Right. That, Black farmers may be catering to a different group of people and they want different products. Not every community wants to buy the same farm products right there. Like it's like I said, farming to me is just a never ending gift of me being a serial entrepreneur. I'm not sure if my spouse loves it, but, you know, here we are. (laughs) Given that it was something new that you learned, what Mm -hmm. made you feel comfortable that you could actually build a business around this and that you could, you know, cover your expenses, you know, basically pay yourself doing Mm -hmm. passion, this new passion. The here's the thing, Mike, I knew that I could not make money just farming. I knew that I would have to expand it. And like I said, that's where the entrepreneur innovation came in that I wanted to farm. I ran the numbers and, you know, you, I believe you can make ends meet on a small farm, Uh, But for a family of five, you know, with, you know, children who need maybe some more medical care therapy than children typically do, I knew that we couldn't farm. And that's what made me look at the business aspect that made me go like, how can I? And I can farm if I minimize waste. And how do I minimize waste? So can you describe your business model for our listeners a little bit that might Mm -hmm. not be familiar with like farming? Not a problem. So Hamden Farms business model is that we buy crops at wholesale from farmers 
who may have excess or decide that they don't want to sell in a traditional way like farm stands. And so then we take those products and distribute them, them to makers, chefs, bakers, other people who could use them that wouldn't otherwise have access to. And so we're just, we're closing uh, the loop for small businesses. You know, I believe, of course, this model could be used in other ways and other um, industries. But right now, that's that's what Hamden Farms says. Would and you- we also make our own. We also make our own products just because uh, that was, you know, I was my first test on this, that if I could do this, then I could show other farmers how to do that. And so I believe that we're doing pretty good with that right now. Where'd you come up with the name? It is the name of the uh, neighborhood we live in. When we're originally from California, or at least I am. And when we moved here, our daughters were six years old. And we knew that we would have to homeschool because schools just really have a hard time meeting the challenges of kids on the spectrum. And uh, I, I like, I think I dreamed of this house in this neighborhood. Like we could walk to the library, you could walk to a park. Um, and our backyard before I was even sure, I didn't know I was going to farm when we bought this property. So it was a quarter acre when we bought it. We just, it called to me and, and we bought it. And so our neighborhood is exactly the place that I wanted to be able to raise children so and fam- have a community. Yeah. Family focused. Mm-hmm. All right. So listeners out there are listening to this. Right. And one of the things I don't know if you felt this, Zephyrin, but whenever mm-hmm. you start in a business, you know, there's this misconception of like raising a bunch of outside capital. You need this or that you need an MBA or you need all these different things. Right. How have you persevered to launch your brand and your business without those things? I am going to be so honest with you, Mike. It's because I'm a veteran. You know, I have utilized every veteran group connection that I, I can and, and continue to do so. Um, because being a veteran has allowed me to get access to MBA information without having an MBA, right? It allowed me to intern basically at a farm without having any connections to a farm. And not only do I intern at a a farm, but I have a collaborations with an actual garden that has a garden and it has a farm. So I get to learn so much. And once again, that was a veterans organization. Uh, Storytelling, Battle Tested, another veteran organization about, you know, and now, you know, Bunker Labs. I mean, the list of veteran organizations that have helped me or introduced me to individuals or organizations on how to build capital or, or how to bootstrap that I can't even put a price on that. That's that has been priceless for me because I wouldn't know where else to get this information or well now I, I know, but I didn't know in the beginning, you know, that there are companies you can connect with um, for us, you know, we saved money for this project uh, and initially, and then, like I said, strategic partnerships. A, a lot of what I am able to do is because the the garden supports with produce, right? Uh, flowers, and then I'm able to make products and and share with other farmers. Hey, if you grow this product, you grow this crop. You don't have to do any work. 
I already have it sold for you. You know, what is that? What is that worth? Helping farmers diversify how they make money. Because like I said, we had a freeze. So um, all my flowers are gone. If I relied totally on flowers to make money in farming, then we'd be broke for the rest of the year. But I also rely on consulting. So I encourage farmers who've been doing this work, let me hire you to consult. There's somebody who wants to work with you um, and wants your knowledge. And you don't have to do any of the marketing. Just, just show up. So that means even if they don't have a crop, they've made X amount of money in consulting. So that's one of the reasons why we're doing this show, too, is because mm -hmm. there's a lot of little nuggets like you just dropped for entrepreneurs out there that we don't even know about, you know, like whatever business model people have, especially if it's small business, you know, mm -hmm. you got to sell a lot of product initially to justify your salary and cover your expenses. And so in the interim of that, what are people doing to make money? And you would never know that they do consulting. It's very important. And. I am very grateful that I have mentors and I have people in my life who explain that, that like your knowledge is worth, like it is worth something. And I mean, you, you don't have to charge people ridiculous prices, but also charge your worth, you know, put a time frame on that and, uh, or end dates so that as an entrepreneur too, if you're like me, I love to talk and I love to help. But um, I had a mentor pull me aside and she was like, look, Zephyrine, you know, you should be billing X amount per hour for what you're doing because you can't because you can't survive like this. And so it is. Get to know yourself too. Get, if you like to talk, then set up some time where you 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 information you can give away information you can charge for because. It's not so much that it's all about money, but we have to be honest. It takes money to do the things you want to do. If I want to give back to any of the communities I'm, I'm a part of, whether it's autism, farming, veteran, the black and brown communities that cover all the things I just listed, I need to be able to economically empower them to do the work I believe in. And so I have to have those economics, too. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things you've mentioned, and I know you told me this before, you got a pretty good grant from a, a local org or something that's really, I did. Out, right? Can you I did. insight into that? I'm super excited. So I did veterans and residents, which introduced me to having an office at WeWork. And then WeWork uh, put out, a, not an all call, but they asked for black and brown entrepreneurs who we're looking for capital and doing whose business had been impacted by COVID and, and mine had, I definitely had to pivot um, like so many other business owners. And so that money has been extremely helpful in one buying product, uh, the bottles and packaging that I have traditionally used have been hard to acquire because of COVID and the events that I usually would have put on, we were unable to host any events or large scale events at the gardens. And so that money has been able, I've been able to change how I will be selling my products thanks to that. So yes, very you got, exciting. You had a local grant too before that though, right? Like, isn't there something locally you have? I have a feasibility study. Feasibility so that is, study. yes. So uh, Denver Botanic Gardens is donating their lavender field, which is combined. This year it was a thousand plants so that I can show 
the profitability of it, host classes. Uh, really what I am doing, I am taking my healing and putting it into a class format. And so I came there. I, lavender was one of the first plants that I worked with to turn into a value-added product. The person who first started the lavender is a, was a army ranger, I believe. So it felt like she passed the torch. She moved on uh, and I've continued to work with the lavender. And like I said, the whole process is healing. You can have a profit from this. You can teach. And it's lavender is generally calming for most people, not everybody. So I just, that this feasibility study, I'm really excited that we've been able to learn so many lessons for the coming season. Awesome. All right, Zephyrine, I want to go a little deeper now. I'm about to take the owner off. I'm sorry, y'all. We got to go a little deep because I got Zephyrine here and I got to pick her brain. All right. We know the challenges that Black-owned businesses currently face. And you are Mm -hmm. a Black female founder in the hustle who's Mm -hmm. launched your your venture. All right. Can you give some words of encouragement out there to other founders of color who who are listening to this show? And if you're not a founder of color, I just feel like, you know, they need some extra loving right now. You know, because 41% of Black-owned businesses cease generating income once this pandemic hit. And, you know, as a leader, as a veteran, I'm curious to hear your your input around this. We are going so deep. Um, Having maybe not even network, but people who you can follow as mentors that are already in this space and they were doing whatever work you're focused on. So for me, it's farming, uh, farming while black, there is the soul fire farm in New York and they've been doing work around food sovereignty, making sure people eat, uh, making sure that black and brown people have land access. And so I have really tried to follow their lead as I go into the next steps during a pandemic and civil unrest, because we have we really have no idea what things are going to look like from here on out. And uh, we never really had any control. But now the the idea of control has been removed. We never did. Now we really know for sure. So really following their lead in in what I'm doing next based, you know, based upon where I live. I live in Denver. It's not a lot of black people, but um reaching out and connecting with the black and brown farm community here and with allies to that community that, you know, that's how I'm, I'm being able to stay afloat. Even for me, it's more of being a servant leader is like, what can I do for you? And, and I would tell people, they'll be like, Oh, thank you so much. And I'm like, honestly, to be really, it's selfish. Cause every time I give, it comes back to me tenfold. It really does. And sometimes I don't even see how it happens. Um, because you know, I was I was I was all in the red before that WeWork grant came through. I do, I, you know, it was we had plans for COVID, and then it was a mostly events based uh, summer for us. Like you know, having in person lavender events and having people come pick the lavender. And so when I let go that that was not going to happen this season, and then looking at the communities who were doing the work. How, like I said, how can I serve you? And 
I don't think that I singly handedly held up any black businesses that were already established. But I do know that I poured into them uh, and supported them. And so they're still here. Right. And, that, and like, that's the best thing I can say about it. It's like if black businesses are closing, how can, you know, you help them? How can, can you, uh, for me, if you're a chef, I probably can get some food to you or know of a black and brown farmer who is selling food I'm not selling. So that is, I mean, being a servant leader is really how I think in the, when you're a founder and even if you're struggling with your business, I just believe there's safety in numbers. Do you feel an increased responsibility as a leader? Do you feel like the eyes are on you to succeed? Absolutely. But that is, for me, it's not to succeed. For me, it's to be authentic in my journey because I don't, some of the things I quote in my life wanted to succeed in, had I succeeded, I would be miserable likely. And I definitely wouldn't have been here talking to you, right? I, I, I had an eight year military career, actually seven years and 10 months uh, because I have a medical retirement. And at the time, if you would have told me, look, this is hard for you right now, but I promise you on the other side of it, everything that you've said you've ever wanted for your life can happen, but you're going to have to let go of this dream. Um, I would have fought you, Mike. <laughs> I mean, like, I just wouldn't have been able to hear it. You've been like, calm down. I'm like, no, I don't want to hear it. Now I'm looking back and I'm like, I learned so much. Um, I talk about my journey with healing and openly. And I, because I've been a veteran who's struggled with suicide ideation, like someone not liking me is not going to ruin my day because I used to didn't like myself. So now that I like myself, I'm good, right? Like, so even if, yes, I do feel pressure to be a leader, I do feel pressure to succeed, but I don't define it in that, like, I made X amount of money in farming this year because that that didn't happen. Um, I did notice, I did see some weak points and now I have the information. I now have the support to go back to my collaborators and say, hey, if we do this different thing, we can have this outcome. Um, but I wouldn't have asked for the failure, but I needed that information, right? So that is, I, I feel like I'm definitely called to do this authentically and be very honest about the challenges it takes uh, to have my day-to-day, not only as a founder, as a mother, homeschooler, 20-plus uh, year, like, mill-to-mill marriage. Like, this is, like, this is work over here, right? Like, you have two veterans who are very sure in doing things their own way. And we somehow created children and a business and, um, you know, love each other and like each other most days. So I, you know, I feel like to be authentic about that, but even that, you know, just because we have a 12, a 20 plus year marriage, like we put in work, like we put in real work uh, to have that. So that I, I think my calling is to be authentic. That's great. And uh, appreciate you sharing this piece about the family too. Cause that's one thing we didn't touch on in the midst of all this chaos, COVID-19, everything else, running a business. Y'all, this stuff is hard, y'all. <laughs> don't Woo! listen to anybody. I don't care. They're lying. I'm telling you they're lying. Running a business, being an entrepreneur is hard because mm-hmm. you live with risk. You, it's yeah. there, 
you can see it. It's hanging out behind your, you know, they don't get you. Um, but so I appreciate you sharing that. Um, but one of the things I mean, you just got done talking about too, is a sense of like, yo, you've got to define winning and success yourself because you can raise a bunch of money, mm-hmm. you know, for your venture. But then at the end of the day, it's almost like you're working a job, you know, or you people like us that are very socially driven. We have our businesses, but we're also impacting the community. We might be sacrificing margins because mm-hmm. of our community focus. And even you, you know, expanded upon that a little bit. You're raising your kids, you're homeschooling, you're doing all this stuff. Yeah, it is a, it is a, we live and breathe this life. Uh, and like I said, our kids are even involved because I wanted them to, I'm like I said, it was hard for me to go back to work full time because making sure, as I shared, that they are on the autism spectrum. And so I had a full time job of getting people to, you know, occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy. And um, they're at a place where they don't need me to be as hands-on with these things. But I wanted them to also understand that not only am I their mother, but I have my own hopes, desires, dreams, aside from just spending all my time with them. And I wanted, it was very important to me to get to them getting to 18 and not all of a sudden being frustrated with them because I didn't live a life that I wanted to live. And so how do I integrate my family into the fact that I am an entrepreneur? I mean, I, I think when we start Bunker Labs, they ask questions and they ask something about like, how's your family with this? And we had a family meeting that things were going to look real different um, and that mom wasn't going to be at the house as much. And also that dad would be taking charge. And I'll just say, for those of you who know, uh, like he has a, he has like a, a E9 vibe. He was raised by an E7, <laughs> a single parent E7 uh, in the 80s. So that was, a, you know, that dads were had a different vibe then. And so, you know, how can we communicate as a family um, to support building this business? That And they know that I plan to, you may not have to run the day-to-day of this business, but I want you to have the opportunity to know how to run it, to hire the people to do the job, you know, and you guys need to know this now and talking to them about the entrepreneurial things they want to do and being in media. They love to do videos and talk about what they're doing, uh, which is important to our business, but also important to a mother who has children on the spectrum that they are able to communicate in the world and they're not misunderstood because when you're misunderstood in this world, sometimes you're hurt. And especially when you're a black and brown child, that looks different. So like I said, we we live this. I, I come to work knowing that I'm raising children um, that the world will receive, that may they may receive them in a way that's not true. And, and I need my kids to know who they are, but also um, know how to get their needs met in the world. And and understand that just because someone feels a certain way about you doesn't mean it's true. So they're like like I said, this is a constant um, growing kind of fluid process in entrepreneurship. And like I said, I have a spouse who works, um, and and I am super grateful that he is in the industry that he is in. And so that balance too, because sometimes. That's who's funding it. Now we're making money in Hamden Farms. But in the beginning, 
You know, that's like, what is it, third shift? It's like eight third, shifts at our house. It's like it's so many shifts at this house. Yeah, more jobs than Stephen A. Smith. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, come on. Ugh. But yeah, everyone, everyone here, you know, has a job. So, yeah, it is. It's a process with the family stuff. But that's I think it's great that you you're what you're talking about is lifestyle design. Mm-hmm. You know, building your life and your business and intertwining. Because I think for so long, stuff kind of had to be separated. Or at least we were told. We were told. Yeah. COVID, COVID experience, it like exposed a lot of things. And I will have to say, um, the first time I was in a meeting and I saw a retired or out of the military, because um, there's been a couple of them. But look, I saw a veteran male with a baby on his hip. I was not ready. I just want to tell you, I was not, I was not ready, but so happy. Like finally, because as a woman, we have had to really compartmentalize our careers and parenthood. And what I will say, I appreciated, I appreciate about military men were like, look, this baby is part of the package too. Here we go. We're still going to run this meeting. And so I wish women could have done it before, but I'm glad that, you know, the veteran dudes are out here doing it and now we're all doing it. Like that's, that is, because it should have always been that way. It it should have, you know, because that's how kids used to learn how to have a job. They were right there with their parents, wherever your parents work, you picked up that skill. Now you may have wanted to do something else, but you at least picked up a skill for the family trade. Those are things I feel we just, we've lost. Um, especially it impacts the black community, but I feel like we've lost it as in a community, just being human beings to each other, right? You being able to see what your parents do and do well uh, also gives you a sense of pride in yourself. Like my kids made, you know, of course it's a kid poster, but it is up in my studio proudly when I got the grant, they drew lavender on it and they, you know, were so happy to unroll it and show it to me. And like, I'm glad, I'm glad they've been in this process because they've also seen the tears. So I want them when they see mom crying and they know mom needs to go to the feelings doctor because she's stressed out. Uh, they also see mom picking herself up and continuing to build. And, and that's, a, we have to show our children resilience. You can't read that in a book. Like they need to see you doing that. So I think veterans um, are a great space for resilience. I think, you know, military children, I am always impressed by them, the fact of having to move and change their life. And so those are things just to lean into in this community. Sermons we see, live yeah. creed. You know, there's no misunderstanding how you act yeah. and how you live. And right now, you know, your kids are getting to see it. And uh, to be honest, they're probably getting that. That's an MBA right there. I hope so. <laughs> So what are your future plans? Tell us post-COVID, any Ooh. big plan projects you're working on as we close things out. Yes. Okay. So lots of lessons from COVID in the farm community. And uh, my next step is the feasibility study and collaboration with Denver Botanic Gardens is a three-season uh, study. And so this this first season, we we've basically wrapped. And so I will go in the next three months and share my findings and share my proposal for uh, next season, which the goal is to have a veteran entrepreneur program hosted at the gardens. Um, 
with entrepreneur support and and training from Bunker Lab. So my I love to collaborate and connect people and veterans to farmers. They know how to grow food and Bunker Labs knows how to help businesses grow. So let's do this. That sounds exciting. I'm excited to see about that. I might need to come. I told you I'm looking for an excuse to come out. I'm actually heading Come, I'm like so excited. I mean, it's the end of the season, but like I would love it. And you know, hey, I mean, we could also do a where are they now? We talked about this. So what are we, you know, next year? What are, what have we put into practice? I mean, and I would love to it is genuinely my favorite thing to take people to either my farm, but especially uh Chatfield Farm with the gardens because it's bigger and it's beautiful. Uh, and, and my husband always teases me that I always try to take people on a date there, but I really, I really will take you guys out, bring you out. We will harvest together. Um, and you can take back some beautiful stuff and just enjoy a day there and some great, get some great food. I know a, a veteran, she went to Bunker Labs too, a veteran farmer who cooks, um, soul food vegan. Mm. So, and it it is amazing. So we could have a great day at the farm. I mean, I'm in Brick City, Newark, New Jersey, and I love it, but I ain't gonna lie. Denver's kind of cool, man. Big open places and everything else. Now, Zephyrin, we're almost done, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you are a very well-educated female founder. All right. So okay. I know you've got, yeah. some great, you've got some great takeaways in terms of book recommendations, podcasts, articles. I mean, what do you, what nuggets do you have for our listeners out there? What good resources can they go to? Absolutely. So if you're going to do farming, farming while black, Leah Penniman, also her, uh, or the organization that I believe she is a co-founder of, and there she has a whole team of people that work with her, but you can take classes about farming. Uh, you can be connected with other farmers. When it comes to business, I really like uh, Carla Harris. I love her books. Uh, put her name in a TED Talk. Melody Hobson, another great resource when it comes to women in business. So I think I've, I've named all women of color uh, because, you know, I want to see myself and I don't always, I don't often see myself. And so these women are trailblazers and they're sharing their nuggets. Uh, you put their names in. I know they've all done podcasts and especially Leah right now, she is doing a lot of speaking about farming and and food sovereignty in the black and brown community. So those are my top three right now. There's so many uh, that, you know, you can't go wrong. A Super Soul Sunday with Oprah, I'm never disappointed. So you can always type that in. But there's a there is there is a list of women. There's a good four right there to get started with. That's great. I got to be sure to check them out myself. I just pulled up the Farming Wild Black book. I'm like, man, check this out. Yes, she is amazing. She is amazing. The resources and I unfortunately I cannot remember his name, but I believe the person who takes care of their animals is a Navy vet, black man, Navy vet. Um, I could be wrong. Sorry if you hear and you're not in the Navy. You'd be mad at me. But I know that there's a veteran working there and I'm really excited to, you know, get some information from him on how to raise animals because I don't know anything about that. So while you have the ears of veterans and military spouses all across the country, all across the world, what closing remarks do you want to leave them with as they pursue their own entrepreneurial journeys? Mm. Let me take a second. I want to be very intentional about this. 
be authentic. Like figure out what you do well and just get in that lane and put your foot on the gas. There's a lot of distractions when you're starting a business. People will get excited for you and sometimes start moving you in a direction that you know you don't need to be. And so put down your goals, your mission, and then when you get opportunities or things are offered to you, rate them against what you have written down and then you, and you'll save your time. You'll save yourself some time. That is just my experience that I often go like, oh, that's shiny, but that's not part of the actual plan and what I'm good at doing. So that would be my advice to veterans, veteran entrepreneurs, spouses and families. Uh, you know what you're good at. Focus on that. Awesome. Where can people find you at? Go ahead and give a plug. Let them know. All right. You can find us at Hamden Farms. You can find us at Hamden Farms on Instagram. Uh, I photograph images at least three to four times or post the images. Uh, that is one, it is therapy. And it is also, um, there was a time where I had someone tell me that I had to let go of photography uh, when I was getting out of the military. Uh, and, and, you don't have to. You just sometimes have to heal in another way. So please follow us at Hamden Farms. I post pictures of our kids and their homeschool projects and the things we're growing and our next steps. So I would love to see you there. And you can ask me questions. Uh, I do answer the questions about the images. Thank you so much for being an inspiration and allowing me to interview you today for our listeners out there. For everyone else, I need you to do me a favor and subscribe to The Transition on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. We'd greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who you feel can benefit from the information. If you want to get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem, visit www.bunkerlabs.org, select the city nearest you, sign up for a newsletter, and attend one of our virtual or in-person networking events. It's that simple. I mean, come on. You can't tell me you don't want to hang out with people like me as a friend here. Uh, from there, be sure to get connected to the Bunker Lab. Uh, it's correction. From there, be sure to get connected at BunkerOnline.org, where you can learn about our many different programs to support your entrepreneurial journey. We have programs that will take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow, grow alongside other founders and CEOs. Register today at www.bunkeronline.org. Zephyrin, have a great rest of your day. To everyone else, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week. Bunker.